Hello and welcome to the Kick in the Creatives podcast, hosted by myself, Sandra Busby, and my fellow creative, Tara Roskell, offering you interviews, inspiration, motivation, and a gentle prod in the right direction. And for lots more information, challenges, and other useful tools to help you get creating, you can go to www.kickinthecreatives.com. And of course, this is where you can also find today's show notes. Enjoy the show. Welcome to today's episode. And today we're going to talk about using your imagination in your art, even if you don't think you have any. But before we get onto that, we want to say thank you to our latest Kofi supporters. So we've got Claudia. And she said, thank you for your funny and informative podcast. I just discovered Felicity Fizz. Really cool. So I really appreciated that. Thanks, Claudia. Joanna Brown, she's also left, oh, brought us a cup of coffee. Thank you, Joanna. Also a mystery Kofi supporter who has remained anonymous. Thank you very much. And Michael Beckett, he made me, he made me chuckle. He said, well, we'll talk about this later, but he said, um, congratulations on a hundred thousand downloads if I was rich I'd give you a dollar for every download but alas you'll have to settle for a cup of coffee ha ha <laughs> and I, do you know I bet he would as well thank you Michael <laughs> we do appreciate the support and because it helps us towards the costs of running kicking the creators and it does cost us <laughs> so it helps us to keep doing what we do and it all shows shows that you like what we do so thank you very much and we also want to thank everyone who's been sharing their work with us on social media um, I've been loving the continuous line drawings people have been doing for Quick Kick April. Um, Monica Dessing did a fabulous one of a cow and then she um, added watercolour. So I really loved that. Um, have you seen her continuous so. line? Oh, you should see her stuff. She's She's been doing I might have, I might have seen it on Instagram though because I see <coughs> stuff on there and people have got different names. So I'm yeah, not quite sure. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, Rachel Redding... Um, she even did one on her phone. In fact, I think she's done more than one on her phone. And it proves that you can sketch anywhere these days, even if you don't have a pencil. Um, Andy Pugh, he did a great continuous line drawing. Um, just two pairs of lips puckered up, ready for a smackaroonie. I really enjoyed that one. Um, Imaginings by Karen. She did a fantastic one of washing, hanging along, uh, like off a street on a line. And it was really colourful as well. She'd added all this colour. It was really, really cool. And Michael Beckett, he did one of a whole crowd of people, which I thought was really clever because one continuous line to do that is, is really cool. So the Quick Kick Challenge has been so popular Um, But we've had other challenges going on as well. One of them is April Lyrics, and we've had some great poems for that. One that particularly stood out to me um, was written by Marcia Galindo, who had just lost her uncle unexpectedly, and she dedicated her poem to her mum. And it's written in Spanish, but if you click the translate button, it translates to English, and it's really moving. So, yeah, I I, I enjoyed that. It's the wrong thing to say. It was really sad, but it was really good. Um, What about you, Tara? What's caught your eye? Well, I can't believe how many you just said. You nicked one of mine. Oh, did I? I'm so sorry. It gets harder and harder, (laughs) doesn't it? Because there's so many and and you just can't, you you just feel bad leaving people out. But, oh, there's so many. (laughs) So so I got Michael Beckett as well because I love that one of the crowd that he did. Yeah. 
the um yeah I could tackle something like that as well that's quite an undertaking to draw a crowd with a continuous line oh, I'll say, so, yeah. so wow I say yeah. to that and then yeah. also I've got Sana Sira and she did a continuous line drawing of her husband that I, I really liked it was quite quirky yeah so yeah I like that one see I'm very short and sweet <laughs> there we go anyway what is new with you um, well, I'm cracking on as well, again with my painting, you know, I've got my commission on the go. I reckon I'm about two thirds of the way. No, maybe not. Maybe, maybe about halfway through. Um, but once I've got this first layer fully down, then the next layer is, is the exciting part. So I'm really looking forward to starting that. And as I very briefly touched on earlier, we have just surpassed 100,000 downloads to this podcast. I mean, I was gobsmacked, I must admit. I remember, Tara, when we first got our first 10,000 downloads and we were both shocked. We were like, 10,000 downloads? Who'd have thought? (laughs) Yeah, well, I remember actually when we first got like 100 downloads for an episode, we were like, wow! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we were I know it's really amazing so um yeah I was, I'm really touched by that really touched and and shocked as well that anyone would want to listen to me and Tara wittering on um <laughs> as particularly a hundred thousand of you <laughs> so it's it's amazing it, it might you. not be a hundred thousand of them they might be listening to more than one episode each well, before we you we imagine this that. big stadium full of people <laughs> Oh, I'll tell you what as well. I've got to tell you about this as well. Because you know it was it's April um, and obviously as we record this and um, Charlie rang me up the other day, our son Charlie. And I've told you before, haven't I, Tara, that he's a bit of a prankster. Yeah. Well, he called me up from work the other day. I was working and he said, Mum, I've just seen an online art store closing down sale and he said you've got to go on it he said they've got 85 percent off everything I was like really he said yeah I saw it on Facebook he said you've got to go on it I said oh god yeah I'll write it down what is it he goes it's called Penn Island so I wrote it down oh god yeah I know well I didn't get that at all from being told it yeah I didn't get it I was like oh I love pens as, as well I said well it sells more than pens so oh, yeah yeah it's just like everything on there you've got to go on it and I said yeah I'll go on it later Anyway, he said, uh, well, go on it now. You are so gullible. I'm so gullible. Go on it now. Type it into the address bar. So there I go, typing in www.penisland.com. But as I was, as the two words were joined up and I looked at it, (laughs) I was like, oh, I can't believe I fell for that. It was, of course, it was April Fool's Day. And uh, yeah, he got me hook, line, and sinker. And I said to him, "Did you still carry on and visit it?" (laughs) No. I said to him, "I am really glad that I did not click on that." And (laughs) can you imagine what be following you on Facebook? Oh my god! But the worst thing was he he did the same thing because you know it's my fiftieth birthday coming up at the end of May, and and uh, he did the same thing to both my daughter and my mum oh, <laughs> saying no. just in case she wants to go <laughs> luckily as well they both my mum was like me she was totally gullible but she did until she'd written it down she she said oh charlie that says if you put that together that says i'm not going to say it on that no. <laughs> and please if anybody does um go on it please don't click no. not that i know what's on it but i can imagine <laughs> So yeah, I, I I was so gullible, but I thought that was quite funny. It was quite funny. <laughs> but 
But anyway, let's get back onto what's new. What is new with you, Tara? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been getting excited because our first course is about to go live. It's, it's been on pre-sale, but probably by the time this podcast is live it will be live which is a bit exciting it's all about how to use near colors my favorite medium and that's over at kickingthecrazies.com forward slash near colors that will take you over to cora bullock's site where it is um i also took a recorded art class from a guy called dan whiteson i didn't have, did i mention this before no i don't no. know because you've done a few and i don't know because i know the last one you spoke about you didn't say who who it was but you hadn't really enjoyed it very much oh no this was a different one mm. this this is basically a they're called the sunday sessions uh but i did it as a recording by a guy called dan whiteson and he's on instagram as freeform live drawing and what it is you make a donation for whatever you think you can afford or you want to pay for these classes and basically it's uh, an hour and a half of art history, which generally I don't like, um, on a certain artist. But then there's a practical lesson at the end. And I've only done one of these so far. I've also bought another one. But it was basically on a person called Alberto Giacometti, who, to be honest, I hadn't really heard of. And he goes through the art history of, of this artist and talks about his methods and how he draws and stuff. And then he sets you a drawing exercise at the end. And what the drawing exercise was, was because this Giacometti, he was never satisfied with his drawings. So he would keep going back in and drawing over and over, even like years later. So what we had to do was draw a face, and it should have been someone near you, but I didn't have anyone, so I used a picture. And so I drew that in just pen and ink. And then we knew we were going to have to do something on top, but I assumed it was just one round of it. So then he said, ah, right, now you've had 10 minutes on that. Now I want you to keep going and see extra things you couldn't see on top of it. So I got out my near colours and drew on top of it. And then after 10 minutes, he said, right, now I want you to do the same thing again. See what else you can see in that. Be expressive and do something else on top of it. And of course, because I got near colours down, I had to, you can't just draw over them that easy. So I ended up sticking post-its down, drawing on it, pens. It was so much fun. And also another thing that happened to me is uh, my friend Lisa, who I've talked about a few times, um, she put me in touch with a friend of hers who's just starting to represent artists for a new modern form of digital art called NFT. Now, this kind of blew my mind, but basically it's all about, it's almost like selling limited editions of prints, but in this case, it's selling limited editions of digital works. So it could be art or music, or digital assets, you know, like things you have in games. Mm. So, yeah, she's she basically, she's going to try representing me because she wants to uh, learn how to, you know, sell the stuff. Yeah. And she's already bought some of this. And, uh, yeah, we're going to see how that goes. And that's, um, can I tell everybody where mine is? Of course you can. Yeah. And that's over at opensea.io forward slash collection forward slash Tara Roskell. If you want to have a look. Just just remember, Tara, when you get yep. big and famous, just remember, you know, me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll try. Remember, I knew you before you were big Okay, and when I become like Banksy, you mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's that's really exciting. I'm so excited for you. I really am. And, and it'll be really interesting to see how, how this develops. Yeah, I'm mm. really hoping something does happen mm. because it'd be really interesting you know, to maybe discuss it a bit more in depth if anything happens yeah. with it. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. 
So, shall we move on to today's topic? Yep. Which is all about using your imagination in your art, even if you think you don't have any. And the idea for this episode came from a conversation um, between Eva Falk Wall Simpson and Sana Sira, who posted in the Facebook group. And Sana said, I've been admiring Eva Falk Wall Simpson's wonderful paintings where stories just emerge from different lines. Yesterday, I saw another version of this technique somewhere. They'd painted spots of watercolour and drawn faces on the spots with pencils. I had to try. I don't know where all of these dogs came from, though. But this looks fabulous, too. It's great to know more versions to try. I haven't felt comfortable drawing from imagination before, but this way, when I've got something, shapes or lines to start with, it feels easier and more fun. And then... Eva Falkwall Simpson, she replied to her comment and said, that's exactly how I feel. I used to think I didn't have any imagination, but all I needed was a spark to unlock it. I think we just have to find our own way to access it. Enjoy your journey. Do you know what I think is really funny about this? I actually saw this conversation and Mm. I said to you, this would make a great topic, didn't I? Yeah. And you said to me, well, you'll have to lead this one because I don't use my imagination in my art. (laughs) And then I had to convince you that actually you do. Well, yes, yes. Yeah, and so we're going to talk about that a little bit more as well. Yeah. But I think I think that is the key to it, isn't it? The key is finding a way uh, to unlock that part of your brain. We all have it. It's just a matter of finding how to access it. And I think part of that issue is that what exactly is using your imagination for art? Now, for me, it doesn't have to be just magicking something up out of thin air. And I don't actually think, I don't know about you, but I don't think there are that many people that can do that. Well, I think that's why I said to you, um, I, I don't use my imagination because I was imagining, or well, to, to draw from imagination, imagination. <laughs> yeah, you just, it's just plucking something out of the air. But no, it's not, is it? No, I, I, think, I think we tend to think if you can draw from your imagination that you can kind of draw really realistic things from your imagination. Yes. Whether that's kind of fantasy things or, or whether someone asks you to draw a person and you could just draw that without looking at anybody. Yeah, because a, I, child, a child asked me once, can you draw me a cow? And I was thinking, I need a cow in front of me to draw yeah, a cow. Exactly. <laughs> I was thinking, why can't I draw a cow? but it you know that's the thing isn't it it's like I can't imagine a cow I need to have a look at it (laughs) no but the thing is what you could have done is done a doodle of the cow yeah a representation of a cow and that would have still been using your imagination yes your art that's exactly what I did it it doesn't have to be that realistic form Uh, I mean there are there are many different ways of using imagination in your art and we need to go back to how we were as kids because yes. we weren't worried then. You weren't no. worried about that cow not looking so much like a cow, would you? When no. When you were a kid. No. And it's like when you used to look at clouds when you were a kid and you might see a sheep. The obvious one is a <laughs> sheep, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but we'd see things in things. And basically that was using your imagination. You can do exactly the same thing, you know, with a page of art just by creating a random shape and then drawing into it. And I say it doesn't have to be realistic. It could be doodly, it could be cartoony, it could be abstract and anything goes, I think. Yeah, it's amazing what you can actually see in a random shape, isn't it? It really is. I mean, I've got um, a few rooms in my house that have got wallpaper and my bathroom wallpaper, it's quite heavily patterned. And if I look hard enough, in fact, I don't even have to look anymore. I just see, I see it all the time. It's, it's a random pattern. It's nothing in it. 
But every time I look at it, I see something different. So at one point, I saw a man um, with a cat sitting on his head. Um, there's also, if I look at it in a different way, there's an owl, there's a clown. Um, I get the same as well with my bedroom wallpaper. I can, I can see things that just, they're not there. It's just somehow they are there when you look. Or, or your face, yeah. your eyes. We see faces in everything, <clears throat> don't we? Pretty oh, much. Oh, yeah, think. definitely. If I wanted to, I could actually take those patterns. I could actually draw what I see over them. So if I had that wallpaper and I got some acetate, I could actually, I could draw what I see over them. And then that alone could actually be the start of a new character or a scenario, couldn't it? And I reckon there's some science behind why we see things like that. I think it's to do with the facial recognition that we're born with. Because I've heard, I've heard about this before. When we're babies, we're, we're automatically programmed to recognise what is a face. And, and I think that's why we've got to be really careful when we're painting. If we accidentally include shapes in the position where they might form a face, it can be really distracting for the viewer. And then that's literally all they'll be able to focus on. Um, Unless that's what you want to do, of course. Oh, it, oh, totally. If you want to do that, that's fine. But if you're drawing a landscape and then suddenly you've got something like maybe a, I don't know, two two trees and then a, a a lake or a pond in front of it, and then that looks like eyes, nose, and a mouth, and that's oh, not I think that'd what be cool. you want. Well, that'd yeah, be it, cool. it, it would be cool, like you say, if you're trying to do that. Yeah. But if you're trying to do something that's not a face, then that's all they'll see, you know. But going back to what I was saying about drawing over shapes. There's one lady who creates art from pavement cracks. What she does is she photographs the cracks on the pavements and then she traces them. And then she uses those shapes to create different creatures. Have you seen her before? Yes, Carla Sonheim. Yeah, I was going to say, Carla Sonheim. And if you Google it and Google um, Google her name, which is Carla, C-A-R-L-A, and then Sonheim, S-O-N-H-E-I-M, and then you put sidewalk cracks next to her name, then she's easily found. She's got a blog, which has not been used since 2019, but you can see straight away what, what she does. And I thought when I saw, when I was looking at it, I thought Tara would love this, but I I had a feeling you'd seen it anyway. But it's the sort of thing, same thing, isn't it? And there's no end of ways you can utilise the same method using any of the things around you. Yeah, I remember I used to have this um, cabinet, bedside cabinet, and it had a wood knot in it, and it looked like an alien head. Yeah. So basically at night I'd be lying there looking at an alien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. If you've got a wooden door with knots in it, yeah, I've, I've done that before. Was it an alien as well? I can't say what I saw. Oh, no. Yeah, but I bet you see them everywhere. That's like faces for you, isn't it? (laughs) Anyway, moving on. Yeah, moving on. (laughs) This is like Penn Island again, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) But I I didn't think I could draw from imagination, which is I kind of find funny now because I really like doing it now. But before I went to college, I just didn't think I could do it. Yeah. Because I used to draw really traditional things. It'd be like, you know, buildings, churches, that sort of thing. And occasionally I would try a cartoon or something like that. But it was it was really hard work for me to do things like that. Mm. But then I went to college and they got me thinking in really different ways. So they'd set you exercises. And I think that is the key to it, is trying different exercises. So we perhaps had to draw only using lines. So maybe we had to use a ruler. And you, you'd be trying to do something curvy using just lines. Or we had to draw by feeling an object. Now, that's not going back to Penn Island, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> but 
that was just things in a bag, in a, in a sack, and we'd have to draw them. And then we'd had to, I remember having to get an old black and white photograph that we bought from home. We had to project it on the wall and then take homemade art tools. So they might be bits of twig, things, sponges tied on things and use these dipped in ink to make, to recreate that photo, but using all these different marks. Lots of different things that I just would never have thought of. And all these exercises just start you thinking definitely. So it's almost, I think, training your brain. I don't know if you think that. It's not, I don't think it's just something that's, well, some people it's just there. In other people, you sort of need to kickstart it. I think it's there for everyone. But it's just, like you say, it's fight, It's finding it, isn't it? Some people's imagination, I think, is buried deeper than others. Yeah. Do you think? I th- yeah, and I think you can also use prompts to help you, you know, start thinking in different ways. Yeah. So... You could set yourself, for example, a prompt like change the scale. So say you like drawing flowers, which I hate drawing. Yeah, I don't like I'll use an example I don't like doing. (laughs) (laughs) You you could draw a really enormous flower and it could be propping up the earth. Uh, Or you could draw an enormous flower and inside it is a whole town. Or you could draw a really small section of flower blown up incredibly large so it becomes an abstract. Now, all of those, you could still use reference, but it's still coming, the idea, the actual concept is coming from your imagination. And you're drawing it in an imaginative way. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, they're all really good ideas as well. Another way um, is to use a mind map. And this can really help you think of things and put things together that you might not have thought of otherwise. And Tara, you actually taught me about mind mapping, didn't you? Because I didn't really understand what my mapping was. Um, yes, you weren't looking forward to that, were you? When no, I, I was like, I've oh, done. no. <laughs> She's always trying to do weird things with my mind. <laughs> I think you do enough weird things with your mind already. <laughs> and, and what you actually do is, is you write a word that you associate with what you are looking at to perhaps draw. Um, and this can work for anything, whether it's a piece of art or a cartoon or a story, whatever. So say I paint glass, I paint a lot of glass. So maybe I think, well, what am I going to, what am I going to paint? And this isn't actually very imaginative, to be honest, because I'm just thinking um, off the cuff here. But say, say I write in the middle of the page um, the word glass, and then I'd put a circle around it. So then off that circle, I'd create some branches and write words off of those branches that I also associate with the word glass. So maybe one word might be break, another word might be reflection, you might have delicate, you might have window, all those sort of things. And then you'd create more branches and words that I'd associate with those words. I hope I'm making sense here. So from the word break, I might write the word tea, as in tea break. And from the word reflection, I might write the words water, maybe memory, from the word window, I might write the word sunlight, view or eyes or whatever, um, water and ripple and so on. And you can go on and on and on, writing as many words from each one as you like. And at the end of it, you'll have a page full of words. And then some will stand out to you as something you might actually be able to put something together with. So, for example, that might have led me to painting a glass teapot full of tea with the sunlight passing through it and creating ripples on the worktop. Or maybe it could be an eye with a tear about to spill out and maybe there's a reflection on the tear um, or in the eye of a memory or what they're looking at, all that sort of thing. But to make things a lot more fun, 
because that all sounded very boring <laughs> but to make <laughs> things a lot more fun and a lot more interesting you can be totally out there with the words and they don't have to relate closely at all so maybe I'll write the word current bun and the obvious words to put next to a current bun is tasty or flavour, isn't it? But you might instead think of the word pregnancy as in bun in the oven. So if you try and think of things that aren't too obvious as well, that can lead you in into an entirely different direction that you might not usually go. And the more you carry this on, the more ideas will start coming to you just from those key words and the more unusual those ideas will be. So try not to be just thinking of the obvious um, I mean, that can be fine, but say it can be more fun to do it this way. And and actually, what this means is you're not just plucking something out of thin air, but what you are doing is you're making your imagination get to work. Do you think I've... Have I explained that well enough, do you think? Yeah, I was too busy thinking about this pregnant woman who's got currants on her stomach. <laughs> Maybe the pregnant woman could be giving birth to the current bun oh maybe yeah and, yeah. It, and it could have teapot. underneath it could be a t-shirt with a woman giving birth to a current bun and underneath could be bun in the oven oh maybe yeah mind you it's the giving yeah. birth to the current bun bit <laughs> that might not be very nice to have on a t-shirt <laughs> anyway yeah so so you get the idea i waffled on and on there but it's just tr- it took me a while to get my head around it and you actually had to show me didn't you in the end I was like, oh, yeah yeah, yeah. But now well, I think it's great. Do you remember I, I did one recently? Well, not that recently, six months or so ago. And I created this uh, weird image with a head that was on top of an old telephone. So yes, it, yes. And then it had lobster claws coming out of it. Yeah. And I that do. all came from a mind map. Um, I, th- I can't remember what my central word. I think my central word was telephone. I can't remember, but it was spurred off of that. It could have been, so it might have been telephone, then off of that was ring, but then ring could be like engagement rather than the ring that you were writing yeah. about. Uh, and I just picked words that I thought that looked interesting and then I put them all together. And yeah. I'd really like that drawing, actually. I did. I remember that one. I remember it really yeah. well. Yeah. Though I was slightly worried about the horn coming out of his head that looked a bit <laughs> rude. <laughs> Oh, uh, it depends, you know, what kind of mind you, you know, yeah. you've got, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. There's absolutely nothing wrong with using elements of reference as a guide. I mean, um, you know, <laughs> I refer to this um, book we've written and, and me trying to draw drawings for this book. And um, actually, recently, I've been trying to draw a dragon because there's dragon in the story. And I didn't want to use somebody else's dragon, obviously. I didn't want to look at someone else's dragon because generally if I looked up the word dragon, I'd see other cartoons and I wanted to make sure it was our own dragon. Do you know what I mean? Not someone else's. But I had a basic vision of what a dragon looks like in my own head. And then the closest thing I could think of in life to what I was visualising was the head of a giraffe. So what I did is I actually looked at some photographs of giraffes you know a big giraffe's head looking down yeah and I used one of those as like my basic shape to, to begin with but then amongst other things I exaggerated the nostrils gave it a little horn and in the end of course it didn't resemble a giraffe at all and I had created my own dragon but it, I was still using my imagination but I had started off with photographic reference of something else to, to help me along it's that starting point again isn't it it is so it, you it, haven't plucked out the air no no i, I do you remember watching um what was that disney film with a fish 
Oh, Nemo. That's it. I love I, Finding Nemo. I remember watching the um, how they made that. Yeah. And funnily enough, they for the fish's eyes, apparently they looked at fish, but they weren't very emotive, real fish's eyes. No. So they referred to dogs. And they oh, looked really? at dogs' eyes and dogs' eyelids. And I think, you know, stuff like golden retrievers and stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah. So even people like places like that, like Disney... Mm. They're using reference to create something really imaginative. Yeah. I mean, like when I drew Floss, I, I drew her actually directly out of my imagination, but I had a vision in my head. But also because she's basically a human, even though she's, you know, not, doesn't look human-human, she looks like a fairy. But um, I had that vision already to work with. But a dragon, I, I kind of had it, but I didn't know how to get it from my imagination onto the paper. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, and that, that so having that reference there really helped with that basic start shape that I wanted. And um, yeah, so there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean you're not working from your imagination. You are. So we said before, like, you didn't think that you used to use, you draw from your imagination. But obviously now you've just mentioned floss. Yeah. And there's also fizz. Mm. So maybe you can talk about them. How different is it to obviously doing your realistic stuff? And how does having that story... Or, for example, with Fizz, you got a story then as well, actually, wasn't it? It was a story that your dad told you. Yeah. How, how does that help kickstart your imagination? Oh, because we've sort of touched on this before, haven't we, in another episode where if you're reading a book, um, you often, by the end of the book, you have a really strong vision of what that person looks like or what that um, their surroundings look like, even though you're, you're only reading words, aren't you? And that really helps. And ideas for stories actually are really really fun to come up with and I particularly love coming up with um, characters for stories um, and as we were writing Floss you know she was coming up in my head a lot and, and I, she formed she basically already formed um, exactly what she looked like by the time we'd finished this this story so I found her quite easy to draw but if you if you don't find that sort of thing um, very easy one way to get the imagination flowing is to watch, not listen, but just watch people from a distance in conversation. Or you can do the same with the TV if you mute it. And the idea is you watch the people talking and then you try and imagine what they're saying. So you look at their body language and you see if it gives you any clues. And this is really good to do when you're in a queue, and I've done it before when I'm on a train. And if you carry a notebook around, you can write the things down that come to mind. So you might see a woman running along a platform as the train pulls away and she looks absolutely mortified that the trains she's missed her train so then you can invent a scenario from that so where was she going who was she meeting what are the series of consequences that happened because she missed her train or you might see two strangers sitting on a bench in a park why aren't they sitting two meters apart first of all <laughs> do, do they actually know each other uh, could it be a first date or is it something more sinister? Is he really an axe murderer? And will this be her last ever cheese and onion sandwich? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it, it, you, can, you can sit and watch, just people watch. People watching is fantastic for that. And what I found, um, particularly when it comes to um, drawing characters, is that if you see people in the street, you can pick things from them and think, okay, that woman, I love the way she's standing, you know, the way she's 
slouching over or the way she tilts her head when she talks it can or the, the clothes she's wearing it can give you ideas of how to form a character so it's it's based on something you've seen um and I suppose as we were talking about fizz fizz I suppose as I was growing up I, I grew up in a t- sort of tall dangly skinny family <laughs> so she, that's how she turned out you know in this, this this dangly skinny woman with knobbly knees and it's just what I saw in my head and her friends I, I kind of I haven't actually based her friends on any of mine because <clears throat> I don't want to insult anyone <laughs> but um It's really fun creating them for her. Once you've got your main basic character, you can then imagine the others a lot more easily, the ones that sort of around her. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I have been waiting to be immortalised as a Fizz character. Oh, it'll come. It'll come, but she's on lockdown at the moment, so she can't really see anyone. (laughs) Although that's actually about to change because we're coming out of lockdown. Hurrah! Yeah. I think even if you interpret a scene in front of you, something as simple as that, mm. if you use a bit of artistic license or style things, that's your imagination. Yeah. So you could look, say like if we went to London again yeah. at some point, if we might draw everything and say, oh, let's draw everything with a curved perspective, like a fisheye lens. Yeah. Well, that's imagination, isn't it? Because you're yeah. having to think about how you do something. Mm. Or we might want to draw it and everything is cartoony. Like we said before, you might do a Felicity Fizz, you know, how it would be in London sort of thing. Yeah. Fizz style. I think that could be quite cool. But also, and I think this is where you didn't think, used to think that you use your imagination. Your mm. realism paintings mm. actually use your imagination yeah. because you set them up. You have an idea in your head for what you want and you actually set them up for how you want. They don't just appear. They're not just there. And um, plus things like you put things in places they wouldn't be. So <clears throat> you did fish in a bubble. Well, that would just never happen. No. And you could even push that further if you wanted. Mm. So you probably used reference for that, did you? Well, no, the bubbles, I, I couldn't use reference because if you ever tried taking a photo of a bubble in, in movement, it's it's absolutely impossible. I did try. <laughs> I did try. Yeah. But, um, but the actual fish, yeah, I used reference for the fish, but the actual idea of putting it in the bubble was completely out of the air, yeah. So they're realistic, mm. but they are from imagination because yes. you haven't religiously copied anything. No, absolutely no. And and it, I know what you mean. Like this, there's obviously the paintings I do. Now, if I was to go on, say, I don't know, a free reference site, and take someone else's photograph, and then sit and paint that as close as I could, then that isn't using imagination at all. It is just painting as close as you can to what you see. And I, I wouldn't want to do that because I see something in my head first. I think, right, I want to I want to paint this, but I want it to be at an unusual angle or I want it to be, you know, sparkly or I, want, I have an idea and then I need to try and create that. So I'll set, like, put a setup. Obviously, I couldn't put a setup of a fish in a bubble, but when it comes to like wine bottles and things like that, I can set that up or I can get my husband to hold the whiskey glass just how I want it. And um, I mean, you set the wine one up down the pub, didn't you? You... When, it, when everything before all the um, lockdown stuff. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, we're you talking... To tell everybody, yeah. Oh, yeah, we're talking about a different wine painting. But okay, you're talking about the wine by the fire, yeah, aren't you? I'm yeah, I'm saying how you you basically, you envisaged yeah. that in your head. Yeah. But then in order to get the reference for it, you set it up. Yeah, I did, down down a pub by the yeah. fire. I mean, we've got one here, but I'm glad we didn't do it here because um, the amount of wine that went on the floor... <laughs> 
trying to pour it from a height it's actually quite hard <laughs> to get it in but um and even even the, the wine bottles I just set up in my art studio I want I wanted them to look a certain way I knew I kind of had an idea in my head but to try and recreate that using actual objects it's actually quite hard it's quite hard to do also you've got to use your imagination to a degree anyway because if I go back to Paul my husband holding the whiskey glass for example you know I've taken a photograph of that in our lounge and um, I have got like I did put uh, some black cloth behind him because he didn't really want any black background but obviously in the photographs you know that that black cloth is on a wooden table and there is various bits going on around him there's things I've left out obviously in the painting lots I've left out and things that weren't there you know reflections that weren't quite there so I'm having to use my imagination to make the painting what it is I'm not just copy, copying what what's there because otherwise you know it would wouldn't make a good painting anyway yeah I mean I even think if you draw a scene I keep going back to scenes for some reason but if you draw a scene and you remove elements you don't like so yeah. you've got a car or you know you get these big bins massive bins wheelie bins yeah yeah and you just say oh that looks really ugly yeah. so you say I'm going to take those out and instead I'm going to put some like trees and bushes and flowers or or you see some people standing further down the road and you move them up to where the bins were even that is using your imagination yeah yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can you can use your imagination in so many different ways, and you often do this, don't you, Tari? You you distort things, don't you? So yes, yeah, so I'll distort faces. Yeah, yeah. And like you said earlier, you can draw a realistic scene, but maybe put a big funny creature in it. I don't know. I mean, and like Felicity Fizz being maybe um, the style of the people I draw when I'm out sketching. So it would be drawing what's in front of me, but doing it in a very different way, and that is using your imagination. Yeah, I mean, when you're coming up with an idea, just start asking yourself a few questions. So you could say, how can I make this look a bit different or put a different slant on it? How could I abstract it a bit? How could I make it funnier or creepier or make it completely, utterly ridiculous by you know, combining it with something else that shouldn't be there, maybe? And if you ask questions like that, it starts to get your mind thinking and coming up with ideas you perhaps wouldn't have otherwise. Anyway, so just remember, with your imagination, it's limitless. Absolutely anything goes. So just be brave and have fun with it. Yeah, and if you don't think you've got imagination, try something like that Sano was talking in the beginning, like or um, Aniva. They, they were talking about just, you know, using random marks and looking at them and seeing things in them. I think that's a really simple way to start. It is, yeah, yeah. Right, I've got to read out the... I've got to read out the answers. Yes, I have. I've got <laughs> we can now read out the answers to our previous question. And the previous question was, what's the strangest thing you've ever done with an art tool that doesn't involve what it was meant for? And you again, you thought, we're not going to get any answers to this, but we did, didn't we? <laughs> and we got another brilliant one that I've forgotten to write down because I only saw it last night about tarantulas. Oh, yes. Yes. Do you know what? And I actually saw that and I took a snapshot of it on my phone. So I've got it here. Oh, okay. That's good. Do you want to read that first? No, because I haven't got it. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So you'll have to read that one. I'll read. Let me read this one out quickly first. And it came last night and um, it was on Instagram and it was build mit text. Um, 
she says, or he says, I'm not sure. I use brushes for my tarantulas. When you need them to get out or to move somewhere, it's a really helpful tool. But that probably isn't the kind of thing you meant by that question. <laughs> I thought I came out in a cold sweat when I read that. I thought, oh, oh yeah. no, I couldn't. Oh, yeah, but that's, yeah, that's an interesting way of using a paintbrush, <laughs> shifting your tarantulas out the way. You didn't expect that one. That's anyway. But we've also got Pixie with pens. I've definitely scratched my back with a long paintbrush, if that's strange enough. Yeah, I think we've all done that, haven't we? Yeah. I've got Bourbon Till, and she says, I stick pencils in my hair on a regular basis, wind it up, and shove a pencil through. And I I requested a photo, so she sent us one through. Oh, did she? Very fetching. I've said, yeah, brush, paint brushes are good for that as well in the art studio. I've done that where I've gone in the art studio and realised that I have forgotten to put my hair up. And so I've, I've done that with a paintbrush. I didn't, found it, didn't find it held very well, though, but maybe, oh. yeah, maybe pencils are better. I don't know. Maybe. Jen King Art. I've used white Posca as whiteout. It only takes two coats, by the way. <laughs> Do you know, I didn't know anybody used whiteout anymore. No. But it's like Tipex, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It is, exactly. Yeah. That's nice and old school. Yeah. We like it. Um, I've got Mag Grey Art, and she says, brushes to dust with, markers to cover up scratches on furniture or leather, art books or hardcover sketchbooks as mouse pads. Anything in a pinch. I must admit, I've used markers to cover up bits of marks on furniture. Markers to cover up? Marks on furniture? Yeah. Like, we had... Um, well, we've still got actually we need some more it, it's too gone too far now for markers but we, we had some like a white shelving thing in the um bathroom yeah and uh, it had like you know when you've sc- scratched a bit of the paint off because it's just oh, like yeah. cheap wood stuff yeah so i've just got a bit of a white marker and touched it up but now it's gone gone beyond you, you just need a bit of sandpaper now and just make it into a shabby chic just rub down and get some of the some more of the wood showing through <laughs> yeah i don't think that'll work somehow <laughs> andy w art i have on occasion used bic biros as improvised chopsticks when colleagues have nicked all the cutlery at lunch i thought that was really funny <laughs> ooh, all i can say is ooh. <laughs> i've got vegna optimistica i don't know if i've said that right i've used art books for flattening out toilet roll tubes I found a nice YouTube video on how to use them and how to flatten them, and it works great. I wonder what she does with that. I made a lampshade and a lampstand out of polymer clay. Does that count? But it's usually the other way around. I use normal stuff for art. <laughs> Michael Beckett, a long-handled paintbrush makes a good back scratcher in a pinch. That yep. seems to be quite a common very one, popular, that one. Very popular, very popular. I've got Carol Monaghan, and she says, I use a new but cheap paintbrush to clean out my coffee grinder. So there's lots of ideas for everyone there. (laughs) If you've got a tarantula hanging around, (laughs) or you've got an itch, you know what to do now. We're full of really um, helpful information. Yeah, helpful art tips. (laughs) So we have got a brand new question for you, which is, do you have a secret talent other than creating? If so... What is it? So do you have a secret talent other than creating? If so, what is it? So Tara, do, I you, have, do you have a secret talent other than creating? If so, what a, is it? I have a really useful one. Go on then. I can move one of my ears up and down. Can you? <laughs> yeah. Or without touching it? Yeah. How do you do that? I, this is ridiculous, right? When I was a little kid, 
I had a great aunt and she used to always say, I can waggle my ear. And she literally could waggle her ear. <laughs> and this is when I was about like six or seven. I was thinking, I have to be able to do that. So I used to lie in bed at night, moving my ear up and down my hand. <laughs> right. <laughs> Determined that I was going to be able to make my ear move. And I can now make my ear move. I can do it with my boobs. Oh, no. <laughs> you know how men do it with their pecs? Yeah. If you tried it, try it. No. Try it now. No, you can actually no, mine, will, mine will fall on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> my talent, apart from... Is that really your <laughs> <a> talent? <laughs> no. <laughs> I've got a much more handy handy um, talent than It's not to do a pen on Ireland, is it? No. <laughs> but I am quite bendy. Oh, right. I'm very stretchy. I can put my feet behind my head. Why would you want to do that? I don't know, but you know, because I've actually demonstrated that to you, haven't I, on um, when we were FaceTiming once. <laughs> Did you? I can't remember Yes, that. yeah. I, I put my feet behind my head to show that I could do it. No, and obviously remember. that's really useful. Never. Well, <laughs> we could get, we'd probably get a little collection. If we put a hat down, we're in London, I'll walk over here and you put your head, your uh, leg down <laughs> Make yeah, more than we would yeah. from uh, selling the, our drawings, probably. My sister used to call me Bendy Babs when I was um, little because I could bend in all sorts of directions. I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I am just really stretchy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah nice. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, let's know what you can do. What's your, I'm sure what's they're your much better. These are more like party pieces, aren't they? Yeah, let's not. Let's, let's get some actual talents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something that's useful. Yeah. So as always, you can tweet us your answers at Kit Creatives or let us know in the Facebook group, which if you haven't joined, I suggest you do. We'll put the question up there and also on the Facebook page. And of course, also go over to our Instagram page, which is Kicking the Creatives. And we hope that gave you the kick in the creatives you needed. And don't forget to pop over to our website at kickinthecreatives.com to find out how you can take part in some of our upcoming creative challenges. And of course, there you can also subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you are enjoying the podcast, we'd be so grateful if you'd leave us a little review on iTunes because that really does help us actually. Um, or even just a star rating if you don't have much time. But if you leave us a review, we will do our best to um, see it and read it out on this podcast and don't forget to check out and subscribe to our kicking the creative youtube channel and uh if you enjoy what we do and you'd like to help support us here at kicking the creatives you can support us by buying tara and i a coffee and you can find the link to do that on our website we'd be so grateful thank you so much and we will be back soon yep see you soon bye bye Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, perhaps you'd like to share it and leave a review for us on iTunes. Back soon. But going back to what I was saying about drawing over shapes, there's one lady who creates art from pavement cracks. Um, now, she what she does is she photographs her cracks and that no, the, don't say a lie sorry that. no no <laughs> <laughs> let me start that bit again <laughs>